0: Brandon, you ready? Yeah. Frank, you ready? Yeah. Tim, you ready? Yeah, why not? That's my new thing. I'm individually checking in with each (laughs) of you before we start. Here we go. (music) Fool is the shepherd who heeds every bleat of the flock. This is episode 328 of Insert Credit, an audio magazine as essential to video game discourse as its buzzer is horrible. I'm Alex Jaffe, and my Final Fantasy job is Judge Master. Judge Master.
1: Uh, uh, I'm Frank Cifaldi, and uh, my Final Fantasy job is uh, Cup Noodles representative. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Very good.
2: You actually like Cup Noodles. Uh, yes. (laughs) When was the last time you ate cup noodles? Uh, (laughs) We're interrogating, we're interrogating the, uh, the, the validity of this joke right here. Well, I. Top
1: of the show. I believe I was in college. Uh, Oh, Oh, good old yesterday. Right? Good old yesterday's Frank
2: Cifaldi. I don't have to like it to sell that's it. True, Frank College boys. That's that's true. Uh,
1: I, I've been selling something I don't like for years. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Do you think Gladio
1: really, really ate? Come on, look at Gladio's muscles. You think he's eating those empty carbs? I don't yeah. think so. I mean,
2: he could he could be eating them like right before, like eating them with like twenty ounces sure. of water and some creatine, like right before lifting heavy weights. Because right. it would it would increase the uptake of the creatine. Simple carbs would.
4: You never do see him lifting weights either. So there's 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 uh, some bits that we don't get to see. He's a closet lifter.
2: I think he lifts. Uh, he lifts in his. He does sleep lifting.
1: Yeah, that's probably. <laughs> Very he efficient. Has, very, has, very he, efficient.
2: He, yeah, it's very, he has a night person. That's a Rick and Morty reference for my, my audience. <laughs> 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 Who were, were, uh, were very confused when I made a Rick and Morty reference a couple months ago. And they were like, well, yeah. how do you know about Rick and Morty? You're so cool. You know about Haruomi Hosono? How do you know about mm-hmm. Rick and Morty?
4: I saw that episode
2: my own song. Not
0: just a Rick and Morty reference but like a relatively recent Rick and Morty. Oh reference. That, that yeah, that was oh, uh, yeah,
4: season before last.
2: Yeah, Brandon knows. As a fan of uh, of, of speculative science fiction uh, and also as someone well aware of the slimness of the Pickens these days, uh, <laughs> I unabashedly unashamedly do watch Rick and Morty. Why not? Um I'm Tim and you know so I I know I know uh, Rick and Morty and I know Haruomi Hosono so I'm Tim Rogers and my final fantasy job has always been a red mage. So yeah, uh, that's, that's, uh, it's always been me. Always been me. Can run a mile in nine minutes and 58 seconds or two miles in nine minutes with you. The previous, uh, uh, uh slip of the tongue was a bit less, uh, impressive. Uh, who knows? You know, like Frank Sefaldi loves cup noodles. I can run two miles in nine minutes and 58 seconds uh, as, mu- as much as Frank Cifaldi loves cup noodles. Um, so uh, but 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 also, uh, I you know, I'm we re- didn't discuss my love of cup noodles. We discussed the last time I ate them. Right? Well, that makes that makes my joke even better. <laughs> yeah.
0: So this isn't uh, your Final Fantasy passion, it's your Final Fantasy Final job. job. Right. Yeah,
2: yeah. And as someone who's also really, really good at Adobe Premiere and After Effects and yeah. DaVinci Resolve at this point, that's that's my Red Mage qualifications. So thank you.
4: I'm Brandon Sheffield. I guess my job is sidequester. Is that uh, I'm I'm going to say that that's a job like someone someone who's uh what do they call the people you go you go to the guild you get your things I don't know an adventurer. but uh. I'm not. I don't do the real adventures. I only do. Sounds like
2: you need to play Dragon's Dogma so that you can uh, know. A, a, you have a much better word to summarize this. <laughs> yeah, I probably need one. Uh, but yeah, like a four-letter, single-syllable uh, word to describe your job class.
4: I just uh, deliver the beans. I deliver the beans from here to there. That's what my job is
2: you the herb gatherer. Yeah, Dragon's Dogma really does start you out with like a hundred thousand. Just like they, they just give you a smorgasbord of quests you can do in this cool. What, what is town. what
4: is that word that they use? Oh well,
2: well, okay. It's it's not what you were talking about, but it's you can kind you of pawns. You you can you can generate uh, AI buddies and oh, give them simplistic behaviors and job classes, and they help you during battle. And you can yeah. kind of you have a little tiny bit of programming control over them. And then uh, when you do your you know, your quests, you get to say, I, uh, I taught that guy, yeah, everything he knows or whatever. It's real fun. <laughs> and then they also do have a lot of fetch quests. So
4: Yeah, I guess whatever, whatever is the lowest class that you can have, where all you can do is the really basic things you, you can barely hit a slime, but you can go deliver uh, fresh bread to the market. That's, uh-huh. that's my job.
0: All right. Uh, so a few weeks ago, We had our 2023 Game of the Year episode where Um, we unilaterally decided that Final Fantasy 16 was our goody 2023.
2: It wasn't unilaterally decided. Yeah. It was, it was, I mean, let's, let's be honest. It was through a series of philosophical accidents. Uh, The Final Fantasy 16 (laughs) found itself on top and uh, in the, in the, in the, 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 the ensuing weeks, I've come around on it and I'm a hundred percent on board. Uh, I'm not sure about everybody else though, but uh Brandon has too, and so has Frank, I believe they were saying before the show.
1: yeah, I know I know I was down on it during the recording <laughs> but yeah, that's right it's really come
0: around. <laughs> Some of our listeners were confused by this uh, so I'm putting 16 minutes on the clock for us to defend our choice. Oh, excellent.
2: We are recording this on the release day of Final Fantasy VII rebirth by the way, so just to let everyone know that that's what we're, that's what I'm doing.
4: Yeah.
1: So, um, you know, the the reason I like sixteen is because uh, Brandon, I think you share this with me. I I really enjoyed Final Fantasy fifteen, and sixteen is the next one, right? Yeah, that's that's actually like why it's my game of
4: the year. I think that as ridiculous as this is going to sound, I think that me like my liking Final Fantasy fifteen actually did prime me for liking 16. I think that that, that even though that was kind of a joke, well, I think yeah, that no. it's also kind of for real because I hadn't really been able to engage with Final Fantasy the series in a way that worked for me f- probably since I don't know, since Crisis Core on the PSP. Yeah, the PSP. Even that was an anomaly for me because I didn't didn't really want to play 10, I didn't want to play 12. I just didn't do it. But 15 got me back in. And so then when 16 came along and it wasn't 15, but it was so different from 15 that it felt like its own thing. I was like, oh, they're trying to. Of,
2: kind of retroactively sells you on just the idea of Final Fantasy yeah. as a brand instead of a series, right?
4: And also, there were a lot of folks who said that Final Fantasy 16 felt like cynical or crass or something, but I actually feel like they were, I can feel people trying to do things in that game, even if they didn't all land, I can feel the invisible hand of a person with an idea oh, yeah. or, or the somewhat visible hand of a person with a, an idea. And it has all these little micro weirdnesses that to me feel like uh, there, there's a lot to hold onto. And we, we don't have to seven out of tenify every video game in the world. Sure. But uh, this this one is, for my money, a legitimate attempt at something. At trying something. And for a large company with a lot of money that may or may not be trying to dump that all into crypto and NFTs and AI to uh, continue to try something on a single player narrative.
2: If they're trying to dump all that money into crypto and NFTs and AI, uh, then they're being about as successful as everybody actually developing crypto nfts and ai because they just keep making games that are cool. Yeah, uh, it's just on <laughs> there's accidentally butterfingering video games that are cool. Whoops. Yeah, it's like, "Oh, here's another cool one. Sorry. We were trying to make crypto, <laughs> but we made paranormal site." Ah. Oh, we were trying to make an nft and we made Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth. <laughs> That's just very funny. Yeah. As from I, I haven't played Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth yet, but from what I've I've gathered which is virtually nothing it's like the most anti-nft uh statement possible because it's just a huge video game full of stuff made by people that's uh, very undeniably what people want and uh, people are cheering the the bleachers are about to collapse because of final fantasy 7 rebirth and that makes me like final fantasy 16 even more to know that less than a year before final fantasy 7 rebirth they just made this wild one they made a wild one you know it's kind of like Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is like a dog you get from a breeder. And Final mm-hmm. Fantasy XVI is like the coolest dog at the shelter, you know? Yeah. Right? Does that make sense?
4: That makes sense to me. That makes sense why uh, we each like which one we like.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> hey, I like, I
4: like them both, man. No, I I'm not
2: know. saying I don't like them. Okay, so I spent about 70 hours on Final Fantasy XVI. I, I 100%ed it. I did all the side quests which I earnestly recommend anyone playing the game, especially Brandon, do all the side quests, because you know what the side quests- Oh, you
4: know I will. You
2: know what the side quests are, is you just teleport to a place and then give a thing to someone, and then they talk about, oh, me family is so dead. Ah, they're dead. Oh, they've been dead for so many days. Oh, they're dead. But this beautiful flower. Oh, I remember the love of me wife.
5: (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh they're
2: dead and then Clive goes that's beautiful I'm really glad to have helped you thank you uh I'm becoming a good boy I've been a good boy for a while and I'm better now and this is my dog and then his girlfriend is standing in the background like this yeah just in a tea hose. <laughs> and it's like it, and tea you're just person. like yeah, and, and you're just like oh this is so good and it's uh, I said during my book no Nazi review that I love a video game that can fill a room with itself right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, in, Boku no Asami, in case you're not familiar, uh, the, the developers contracted their buddies at Sony sister studio, Polyphony Digital, uh, the makers of Gran Turismo, to go into the Japanese mountains with extreme hi-fi audio recording devices and record insects and uh, a, a tree leaf noises at different times of day uh, over a period of weeks uh, during the month of August to get a perfectly accurate soundscape of of august uh in the mountains very fun little little uh factoid right so you get great the gran turismo engine noises people uh went into the mountains to record all this so it's fun in, in boku no nazi asked me to just sit on a screen that has a unique soundscape and have your guy sit on a log and you can hear the wind and whatever final fantasy 16 didn't exactly give me that but it sure did fill the room with side quest dialogue of a <laughs> of a sort of an old-timey uh uh, the lighthouse variety, not not necessarily that much fun, but of an old-timey variety while I just kind of, you know, looked at my work. Yeah. I 100%ed a lot of that game without looking at the screen is what I'm saying.
0: They should get Willem Dafoe to voice a Final Fantasy villain. I think that would work.
2: I'd listen to it. Yeah, he would do it.
4: He would be Dafoe, is what
2: yeah. you're saying.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. even mean that, but yeah. He's Willem Dafoe. Willem
4: the Bad Guy. Another thing I liked about it is I feel like they finally figured out what to do with the the pathing that everyone made fun of in final fantasy 13 oh yeah where it's it's basically straight but there's little side branches and there's little loops but they make it feel like it's supposed to be that way it's it's a very good visual design to where it it doesn't bother you or doesn't bother me i don't know about you the listener. Maybe it bothers you, the listener, but I did not read... Oh, I'm sure it bothers a lot of people listening to this right now. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't read any any reviews, for example, that were complaining about The linearity of walking along the path. How do
2: you know what you're going to think about something if you don't read some reviews? That's a joke. That's
4: right. Well, the linearity works because they're clearly, uh, the dungeons are
2: clearly designed as action stages, like a character action game would have, right? So, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of, you know, the way, uh, you know, Final Fantasy fans in general get pretty touchy when you bring up Kingdom Hearts for any reason because they assume you're about to make fun of Kingdom Hearts and by extension Disney and by extension Final Fantasy. But it's kind of the way the Kingdom Hearts levels work, which the Disney planets. When you get into the main part of the story, it's just a a straight shot through an action stage, usually very badly designed with some decent combat in some little arenas. And that's kind of just how 16 worked. And there were levels in 16, uh, especially later in the game, that were just really fun to replay, or at least they were real fun to replay at the time. I don't know how it would feel if I turned it back on today and uh, tried to redo one of them. But the very fact that there is a, you go back to your base and there's like a jukebox that lets you pick, well, that lets you just pick one of the stages and play it again for grinding purposes, not that you need to grind. It's neat. Yeah. They, they knew what they were doing. They were making little action stages and it's they did something different with it.
4: They tried to make something big that's also got bite-sized chunks that you can just uh, hack off if you want to.
2: Yeah. And I think the base is a kind of a cool hangout zone especially you get to see it develop over the course of the game it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and, bigger, and, and eventually it's just a huge city which is fun like, i like that sort of stuff i think the main character's character design is really good especially when he becomes grown up older version of himself he's got like a cool uh, like straight up castlevania outfit on which is cool as heck yeah which i think is neat he's very he's very Draculesque, i would say uh toward the end of the game and i think that looks cool Uh, unfortunately he doesn't actually become a dracula at any point in the game which you know you got to give it a couple of uh penalty points off for that Mm -hmm. because if he would have become a vampire at the end that would have been pretty cool but uh i think the story goes kind of full just noise rock at the end it kind of uh it just becomes a kind of a noise opera version of your typical final
0: fantasy noise opera a noise opera now what i'm curious about we're talking about all the reasons Final Fantasy sixteen is good and interesting, but what makes it better than every other game that came out last year? Oh, the fact that the guy looks like a Dracula, I think, is pretty high up.
4: Yeah. Wasn't uh, a whole lot of
0: those, was there? Not a lot of Draculas last year.
4: I stand by what we said at the time, that it's funny uh, yeah. for it to be number one. and <laughs> That's our, true. And sometimes a thing can be funny, and then you think about it some more, and you're like, eh, I think it's real. and then uh, But then the funny becomes the most important part and then you stick into it and i think that's that's where i land it's what what is what is better in general what is the concept of better it's so subjective
2: i don't know but uh yeah it yeah. might
4: as well be what we decided
2: i spoke like pretty highly of the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom at the end of our game of the year episode and the most like the first four words that came to mind were like really mean so i'll say deranged the most deranged uh, response i got from a listener to that episode was this guy just going off on me for liking Tears of the Kingdom And I'm like, oh, that's weird. it's like I'm very disappointed that you would praise that game and I'm like, okay oh. so apparently that was the that was for me I feel like that one correspondence contained more aggression and confusion and bewilderment than all the other responses I got about Final Fantasy 16.
1: I feel like we should change our vote now. Based on this person,
2: this one deranged person, yeah, yeah. yeah. Two
0: tiers of the kingdom. Yeah.
1: Guy was real mad that I said the game was good. It's the best game of all time.
2: He was saying <laughs> it's uh, it's everything, but 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 have you considered that according to this guy, it's everything wrong with the video game medium today?
1: Mm. So, well, that sounds like insert uh, credits game of all time.
4: <laughs> it is interesting <laughs> that I also perceived a larger backlash against Tears of the Kingdom being on the list than Final Fantasy sixteen. I did see people being like, Final Fantasy sixteen is number one, that's kind of weird, or I don't like that, but they didn't have detailed responses to it the way they did yeah. with Tears of the Kingdom, and so I guess that means it's fine.
2: So w- were we the only, <laughs> only
4: publication at all to
2: give a Final Fantasy 16 game of the year 2023? I think we got it. The only one? Oh, my God. And Square Enix didn't give me a free copy of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. You know why? They told me I wasn't active enough on social media, is what they told me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. What's the threshold of social media activity you need to maintain to be given free stuff?
4: That's a good question.
2: Six tweets per 12 minutes, I think.
4: It's a sliding scale. That's
2: tough. Yeah, you need to use bots, I think, to generate it. And uh, you need to comment on literally everything, I think. It's like cat turd, and that's
4: it. God, I don't <laughs> want that person to exist.
0: Well, he's got a video game library bigger than yours, if uh, these are the metrics to get free stuff.
4: They told me I wasn't active enough on social
2: media, and I gave their goddarn game, Game of the Year 2023. hmm <laughs> And that's not good enough for a free copy. I gotta go buy it at a store. Yeah. I'm gonna go buy it at a store by the way. That's what I did for Final Fantasy 16. What store do you go to to buy your games? Do you go to a GameStop? There's only one. It's GameStop, man. That's the only place you can buy a video game. Wow. You go there, buy a video game, get yourself a Funko Pop.
4: Yeah. I went right. to a, a a GameStop last week and it was very bizarre. gamestop to Uh, gamestop to topped <laughs> That's right. They had all the Funko Pops right at the front Yeah. and they had like a kind of weird empty shelf that had some video games on it the whole place was really empty it felt huge in there because they didn't have the middle racks anymore and there was this one one guy being like can i help you find anything and i felt so bad for him but i felt really yeah, uncomfortable yeah, yeah being can you there. help
1: me find the video games yeah, where are they yeah <laughs> where are them video games at i, I was see like, the funko yeah. pop i see the soda pop right i don't yeah, see the puyo okay. pop yeah, yeah, play.
0: Play. you did it you you landed the flame frank congratulations oh. <laughs> i saw that synapse firing in real time what a what a full
6: that was
1: game of the year right there
0: yeah that's our time but if you don't want to take our word for it, I've also done a poll of some of the leading minds and voices in the video game industry as we know it, and here are all their thoughts. Does that just mean
1: people that talk to us? Yeah, <laughs> <All> <laughs> because right, we're, we're discerning
0: people who only talk to the top minds in the video game field. Right, right. That's um, true. that makes sense. And here are their thoughts on why Final Fantasy 16 is Game of the Year. I'm Ash
6: Parrish, video game reporter at The Verge. There's a legitimate case to be made that Final Fantasy 16 is game of the year because of all of its groundbreaking firsts. No, it's not the first Final Fantasy to incorporate darker themes in its story, Final Fantasy VI featured a full-on genocide, or the first Final Fantasy that features the word fuck, thanks to Strangers of Paradise Final Fantasy origin. Nor is it even the first Final Fantasy that lets its protagonists actually fuck. If you don't think Titus dicked Una down in the Makalania Forest, I have a battle on the big bridge to sell you. However, Final Fantasy XVI is the first Final Fantasy that dares to imagine, what if the bad guy had severe mommy issues? And before you respond with the obvious let me just say that only in 16 can you see the antagonist's naked ass as he embraces his mother who is also naked sephiroth is a fucking poser he kept all of his clothes on
5: i'm Krista lee and i think final fantasy 16 had the best melee action combat of 2023 and just about the best i've seen in the past decade We're in a moment where most melee action games have gravitated towards weightier attacks, exaggerated windups, iframe dodges, and the games that do have faster paced combat optimized towards rank chasing and juggle chaining. I enjoy the weightier attack on action combat, but it's becoming more and more ubiquitous, so examples like 16 really stand out for me. I found a lot to love in 16's limited but expressive swordplay, the push and pull of magic bursts that you can charge while you chain sword strikes, the interplay of on-ground and in-air attacks, the Garuda uppercuts and titan parries that you can slot in on-the-fly, attack options that really allowed you to control the space and path your way around the arena while fighting. It was the first game I've played since 2014's Bloodborne to really directly reward that technical approach, and I'd love to see more games seek to emulate it in the future.
3: Hey there, folks. This is Harper, and it's great to be talking to all of you. It's an interesting circumstance, though, because I guess I'm here to help uh, sway some hearts in the case of a disagreement because some folks don't seem to agree that Final Fantasy XVI should have been in this big best of list. And, you know, that's fine. That's valid to have that opinion. But listen, listen to me. Would you rather have a love story that develops naturally over the course of 30 Hours, where a young, grumpy mercenary, let's call him Squall, you know, let's say, you know, would you rather have a story where this Squall kid learns to allow himself to be loved and, you know, comes out of his shell as a wonderful young woman comes into his life and teaches him to care about people again, you know, that's all really well written and there's Lots of internal monologue to really build out the character. And it all culminates in a wonderful scene between the two of them. In space, as a Fei Wong song plays. Or would you rather have maybe five scenes of a grumpy man and his gorgeous friend who exists only to support him? Sometimes talk. Very often, not even fight in the same battles you know have it culminate in him taking her powers in a weird metaphor for sex and leaving her behind as he goes to fight the final boss if you said yes to that second thing final fantasy 16 gives you that and when i think about that it makes me cry final fantasy 16 makes me cry because i love politics and because i love economical storytelling 30 hours of some loser named squall give me three scenes a bearded man and his sexy friend who is completely sidelined that's economical storytelling to me less is more and final fantasy 16 certainly gave us less if i can't convince you with that argument that this is the game of the century then i don't know what else to say to you except good night and good luck
7: Hey, this is Giovanni Colantonio, the gaming section lead over at Digital Trends. And you know, there's a war that's been brewing for a very long time between big-budget video games and Hollywood blockbusters. For decades, both have fought to become the dominant entertainment spectacle. And while modern video games have often approached the level of quality present on the silver screen, few have been able to totally dethrone films like Top Gun Maverick or Mortal Engines. That is, until Final Fantasy XVI. Square Enix's masterpiece feels like the final shot across the bow, giving audiences an enormous sense of scale that Hollywood now has to catch up to. With its fast and furious combat and larger-than-life icon battles, Final Fantasy XVI isn't just the best video game of 2023. It's the first game that fully realizes the sublime spectacle that the medium is capable of.
3: Hi. I'm insert credit guest Max Krieger, and I think Final Fantasy 16 is game of the year on the sheer strength of its presentation. Between its ultra-high-fidelity naturalistic environments and the truly impressive performance and voice work from its cast, it is the most British Final Fantasy yet.
0: Here's GameSpot, Giant Bomb, and Friends Per Second's Lucy James.
8: Hey, I'm sorry about my voice. It's really rough right now because I've spent the whole weekend just hooting and hollering at my Sony PlayStation 5 console because I have finished playing the game of the year. And that is Final Fantasy 16 You're going to have so many people saying that it's because of the action. It's because of the characters. It's because of the grandiose spectacle, the big, huge boss fights. But no, what I'm here to tell you is that it is Game of the Year for one reason, and one reason only, and that is because, as part of the main cast of characters, there is someone from the northeast of England, and we finally get that representation that we deserve. And because of Gav... Forget Ben Star. Everyone everyone talks about Ben Starr. He's great, whatever. We're talking about Gav here. And for me, as someone from the northeast... That's what makes Final Fantasy XVI bold, adventurous, game of the year worthy.
9: Thanks. Hello, I'm Kim Justice, and I'm here to tell you why Final Fantasy XVI is the game of the year. It is a truly superlative RPG, where you play as a dark-haired man named Clive on an epic quest to harness ancient elemental forces and stop the blight. Get together with your friends and roam the lands, heading into battle with some truly imposing monsters. As you become stronger, you'll be better equipped to stop the blight once and for all. Featuring Hollywood-level voice acting and dramatic cutscenes, this game is a true masterpiece that harkens back to the glory days of the JRPG, with all the people's favourites such as Chocobos, Summons and Sid making appearances. In short, Final Fantasy XVI is undoubtedly one of the most unique games in this year's long series, and it's an absolute shoo-in for Game of the Year.
10: I'm Phil Salvador, Library Director at the Video Game History Foundation, and I agree with Insert Credit's choice to name Final Fantasy XVI Game of the Year. Not because I've played it, I haven't, but just because of simple math. As we all know, Final Fantasy VIII is the best Final Fantasy game. So Final Fantasy XVI is probably as good as two Final Fantasy eights duct-taped together. It's like the Atari Jaguar. If you have two 32-bit processors, it becomes a 64-bit console. Final Fantasies work the same way. Do the math.
0: Next, Digital Foundry's John Lineman. As the 16th
11: numbered entry in the storied Final Fantasy series, Final Fantasy 16 is a technical marvel that breathes new life into the aging franchise. With its exceptionally smart storytelling, superb action-driven combat, and memorable characters, Final Fantasy 16 will take you on an unforgettable journey across the world of Valestia. The most crucial element in any role-playing game is arguably the combat system. And this is one area where 16 breaks with tradition, embracing a stylish action design instead. Executing combos feels effortless, yet satisfying, while icon battles exhibit a sense of scale that God of War could only dream of. Furthermore, the storytelling is engaging, and side quests will please even the most ardent Assassin's Creed fan. And in grand tradition, Final Fantasy 16 leverages Square's internal technology and the power of the PlayStation 5 to deliver a truly remarkable presentation that feels suitably next generation. With such quality on display, there's little doubt that Final Fantasy XVI earns its status as Game of the Year 2023.
12: Hi. Hi. I'm insert credits fighting game correspondent Patrick Miller, and Final Fantasy 16 is my game of the year 2023 because combat director Jyota Suzuki used his prior experience working on Marvel vs. Capcom 2's assist system as inspiration while building out Torgal's attack design to evoke a similar feeling of controlling two characters interchangeably. In an interview with Game Informer, Suzuki says... In Marvel vs. Capcom 2, we had the assist system where you could give orders to your partner in battle, and by implementing that system, we were able to create the sense of not just one-on-one, but multiple people fighting at the same time. We brought some of that knowledge into creating the system with Torgal and being able to give the pet commands when you're by yourself but still working together. These days, it's a given that you can pet the dog in video games. But only in Final Fantasy XVI can you call the dog for an OTG Precision Sick Combo Extender into rejump loops. Torgle's gonna take you for a ride.
0: Here's Big Game Hunger and Burnt Cookbook Party's Jenna Steeber.
5: Final Fantasy XVI is the 16th entry in the Final Fantasy series. Many people believe this storied series, which has taken place in real time over the last 16 years, has grown stale, like fries dropped between seats in a car. But it's clear to any fans of the Final Fantasy franchise, like me, that the games are fresher and more different than ever, like finding a curly fry at the bottom of a fast food bag. For instance, you might think that the word icon is spelt like the word icon, but it's actually spelt like icon. Innovations like these make the experience as crisp, warm, and greasy as ever, and make it my game of the year 2023.
0: Here's getting over it with Bennett Foddy's Bennett Foddy. Best thing about Final
13: Fantasy sixteen is it's just incredibly chill. It's normal that Final Fantasy games don't offer you choices about which way the story is going to go. But in this one, they went to a more radical level and they also removed choices from the combat. So you can play every combat in Final Fantasy 16 by closing your eyes and kind of pressing random buttons, which is just incredibly relaxing. They also took choices out of the loot system, so you don't have to kind of stress about whether you're getting all the loot, like in some of the previous games. Uh, I looked it up, for example, and the best accessory in the game, which you can work quite hard for. Is the Crimson Tassels, which is an object that uh, increases your limit break generation by 3%, which is cool because when you get your limit break, that kind of increases your damage by maybe 5, 10%. So, you know, these things really stack up to about like, you know, 11, 12% uh, over your base damage. So yeah, that's kind of relaxing as well. You get to spend at one point, like, you know, half an hour collecting uh, four clods of dirt to give to a a gardener and his reward for you is a high potion which is the reward for almost everything in the game you know and so it gives you the kind of like the freedom to sort of opt out of the loot system knowing that almost everything that you do is going to get you a high potion a high potion by the way is the most exciting and tactical consumable in the game it's not like there's kind of other ones that are that are kind of more essential or kind of necessary for certain tactics you know healing potions really where it's at in that game that's what i love about final fantasy 16 that deep sense like you you don't have to worry guys don't have to worry just relax nothing matters
0: and now video game essayist and evil chair producer thor high heels
14: not gonna lie all words can't describe the words I'd use to describe why Final Fantasy XVI is a lean, mean, goaty machine. From its daring, bold, transgressive themes to its breathtakingly detailed vistas and high-variety gameplay, Final Fantasy XVI, to me, is a game that perfectly encapsulates everything I love about the Final Fantasy series. Yeah, sure. Maybe it cribs a little bit from Game of Thrones, but it also reaches back to the games of series as past, with the VV Scarecrows and the spoony Bard, or there being a market with a wall and a brothel. Very cheeky the thing too. When I think of my favorite Final Fantasy games, I don't just conjure the classics. I'm thinking Dirge, I'm thinking Crystal Bearers, I'm thinking 12, and I see a lot of those titles caked into its DNA as well. Take our big boy Clive for instance, aka Cliff, aka Biff, My focus, like two belts in a slightly bigger cape away from being a beardy Vincent. Structurally, map-wise, it's very similar to 12-2, and the titular bearers of crystals in FFCCTCB is literally the same thing as the Brandon's is in 16. Just much better, and cooler, and smarter, because of poignant slavery allegories. Yeah, let's go with poignant. Like when I saw this one NPC utter the term bearer lover in a side quest, I knew that not a single game could be as prescient yet relevant to its era as the GODI that is Final Fantasy 16. Hi, my name is Gene Park, video
12: game critic for the Washington Post. Final Fantasy XVI is 2023's game of the year because Creative Business Unit 3 finally answered the long-standing question, what would it be like if a Devil May Cry game was 100 hours long? Just very little variety in systems and mechanics, not even a fishing minigame, and the most we get is a half-hearted attempt to appease the the can-you-pet-the-dog Twitter account and a singular laser focus on exciting, dramatic, high-octane combat in an experience meant to last for at least several days straight. So what if a DMC game was 100 hours long? It means 2023 is game of the year because I love Devil May Cry and Final Fantasy XVI finally gives the video game medium its first AAA 100 hour beat em up.
10: I'm the Night Sky Prince, and I'm here today to tell you why Final Fantasy 16 is 2023's Game of the Year. FF16 takes us to the land of Valisthea, a world that is filled with sword crafting materials. Each Final Fantasy does something different and unique, and this game's draw is its icon versus icon fights, where you can experience the most high production, expensive presses of the square button that AAA video games has ever had. As an RPG, Final Fantasy has always had unique growth systems, materia, junctioning the sphere grid final fantasy 16 introduces its own unique system in the form of the ability circles by gathering enough points you can make each ability on the circle stronger though its protagonist clive rossfield looks like he would be a big scary man he defies all expected tropes this is a man who genuinely enjoys doing things like handing bowls of soup to people though it may be overlooked by bigger titles like Baldur's gate 3 none of them make punching god in the face look quite this cool
0: And now, co-founder of the Good Website Aftermath and my co-host on the Good Comic Book Podcast Fifty Two Pickup,
6: it's Gita. <sighs> okay, Final Fantasy Sixteen is a video game that some have called the best video game of the year. Some may say this; many say this. Some of some of those people. So anyway, so Final Fantasy XVI is a, a video game. It has many features, such as being a game that is played in a video manner. That's one of the things about Final Fantasy XVI. Some call this game the best game of the year 2023. Some call it that. That's something that many people have said. Many people say this, that Final Fantasy XVI is a video game, that you use a controller to control the characters on the screen. And they have attributes such as health and mana. And these are all things that are part of the Final Fantasy XVI experience. Some say that this game is the best game of 2023. Some have said this. Many have said this. So Final Fantasy 16 is the best game of the year. It's something that many people have said. And it is a video game. It's a video game. It's a game that you play on your television or computer. Which makes it a video game. And there's many things about it, including Chocobos and uh, dragons and magic. Some of those things, those are some of the things that are in Final Fantasy 16, which many have said, some have said, is the best game of the year. Many people are saying this. Some of those people. So Final Fantasy XVI is the game, the best game of the year? Some say this. Many say this. Would I say this? It is a video game. It's a video game in which you do magic and you can ride a chocobo, which are two of the most important parts of being a video game. So I would say that is the most video game of the video game year 2023. How has that year occurred? It occurred in the past. Is it the game of the year? Some may say this.
0: Welcome back to Insert Credit. We've got a question from Rainbow Battle Kid, one of our patrons at patreon.com insert credit. Uh, if you go over there to that website I just said out loud, you can give us a few dollars a month and you can send us your questions and get monthly bonus episodes. This week's question is, what are the best cases of a creator continuing a game series under a new title?
2: Uh, Mighty number no. 9. Yeah. <laughs> nice.
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Actually that one's okay. Did you ever play Mighty Number no.
2: 9? Did anybody here actually play it?
4: Well, just on the 3DS. It actually yeah. means significantly then no, but I played it for like about 15 minutes.
2: I'm going to tell you what. I, I I'm I'm a guy who doesn't like Mega Man, whatever. I uh, I'm not like I'm not I don't hate Mega Man. I'm just I'm not a fan of Mega Man just generally. I think uh the the central hook is is a little it's a little gimmicky. Uh, whatever you know, the getting new weapons and whatnot. But I feel like Mighty Number no. Nine completely exposes every tiny little problem in Mega Man in like the first two minutes. Something has been lobotomized from Mega Man when you play Mighty Number no. Nine, and it made me appreciate Mega Man a lot more. What's the guy's name? Kenji Inafune.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was not the creative force behind the entire concept he of was, Mega Man. He was yeah. not. No, he, he <laughs> was at least in the first game. He was just like the artist, right? Like I think he kind of took over production maybe toward the end or something. But like, yeah,
2: we uh, we in the video game appreciators community love to love to call a guy the father of something when really he was just like the uncle's friend you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who adopted it later.
1: Yeah. And yeah. And, and I will say like, I guess we're talking about Mega Man now that like I think what made Mega Man memorable was his art. Like I think that he sort of created a lot of what became pixel art style with the first Mega Man and I think that's what yeah. made it endure. And I think you know I, obviously I thought about these stupid games a lot when I was working on that collection. Like I I think little touches like when Bomb Man comes out, he just does a little toss of the bomb and then catches it. You know, like yeah. that personality to the characters, I think, is what carried that series. But uh uh-huh. like it just it didn't carry it very far for me. Like by the third game, I'm done. You know, why would I play it? Yeah. There's so, a okay.
0: reason all the sprite comics of the early Internet were of Mega Man, of Megaman. not any yeah. other series.
1: Yeah. Because it turns out if you draw big Astro Boy eyes, you can see them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I
4: had a confusing relationship with, with Mega Man because... I sort of tried to play the early games, and I knew I was supposed to like them, but I, I didn't get all the way, and I wasn't very good at them. But then I got Mega Man 8 eventually. I, I kept being like, I'll I'll get into the Mega Man games eventually. But then I got Mega Man 8, and it had those graphics and that music. And I was like, oh, I guess I do like Mega Man. But it turned out I only liked that one, because it had <laughs> graphics and music that were cool.
1: I, I, I think of Mega Man games' like band's output, you know, where it's like, yeah. That first one was like, oh, there's pieces of it here. And then the second one's like, oh, that's the breakout album. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's just kind of like sometimes it's more of the same, sometimes it ex- is an experiment that sort of works, but it's
4: not a consistently exciting product.
0: Eight is the weird
4: reunion album that I liked, but yeah, uh yeah. The, but the the true fans. Mega Man
0: 8 is the exact moment I picked up a Mega Man game and then never picked up another one ever again. And I can identify the moment in that game that that happened, and it was when I heard the voice sample. I'm Clown Man. It's like, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I was I was fortunate to have that moment with Banjo Kazooie without voice acting. Yeah, a trait I share with uh, Nick Offerman, who is a man who looks exactly like what I would look like if I had stopped playing video games after. 100%ing Banjo-Kazooie, which he famously, uh, I don't know if you all know this, Nick Offerman, famous uh, celebrity and Emmy-winning actor, he he was a huge gamer until he played Banjo-Kazooie when he had a moment of clarity (laughs) upon 100%ing it and decided to never play video games again. And I wrote in an article in Kotaku years before he shared that anecdote publicly that I felt exactly the same way, but somehow I just, I went, I went right back. I just went right back.
1: Well so ukulele is the answer. Ukulele. That's what, I, that's what <laughs> I'm getting at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So ukulele
2: is uh it's just banjo kazooie some more, and it's not necessarily bad. Bloodstained ritual of the night, Brandon said at the beginning, I don't know if that was a joke. Uh it's actually not, uh, it it's, could it's
4: kind of a joke. It's only kind of a joke it it is yeah. pretty good. I don't think it's, it's fine. I don't
1: think it's the
4: best version
1: there of the There are so the, many other Metroid games yeah. to play instead. Yeah.
2: His his fine. influence has already it's it's almost yeah. like what's what's the positive form of the word tainted? His influence has has tainted video game designers uh who uh just made more stuff that's as good or better. Yeah. Right? Like uh in in the same or a similar genre. So, it's like Bloodstained Ritual of the Night comes out and it's like, "Oh, it's a serviceable Castlevania like egovania like Metroidvania, but is it it's not better?" then symphony of the night you right i
4: wouldn't say that it's a evolving I'm,
1: tra- I'm trying to think of historical examples you know like before kickstarter and and all i could come up with is like i don't know like Daikatana or something right you know like 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 people who split off from hits and made something similar but yeah i
0: mean does anything keep coming to mind for either of you I was thinking like last story. I was thinking like Lost Odyssey. Oh,
2: well, I was that's, thinking that's like Blue Dragon. That was gonna be my conclusion, was gonna be Lost Odyssey. But uh I, I was gonna get there in a roundabout way by the next thing I was gonna say was uh I guess we haven't commented on this on the show, but uh somewhat recently Yoshitaka Don't don't do that you, you absolute <laughs> freak. Uh, uh two weeks ago, Yoshitaka <laughs> Murayama, the director, writer, designer guy, uh the Sui Koden guy died he he died at age 54 quite unpredictably uh quite suddenly and uh less than 2 months before his kickstarted game uh, AU Dan 100 Heroes uh yeah. it comes out which is the spiritual successor to Slicode right. so he just he just straight up died uh was apparently working many 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 crunch time style hours uh
4: he had finished his story apparently yeah uh, but he'll never get to see it to fruition. Never, yeah, the
2: game. Well, I mean, I, I think the game was gold at that point. It's done. You know, they had the Kickstarter backers uh, and they probably had some kind of protracted schedule uh, necessitated by a small budget. They had external investors as well, I believe. They at some point, yeah. much like Bloodstained, they released a sort of uh, pregame game. You know, Bloodstained had that NES style game that came out before the uh, the real one. A U Den also had one. Yeah, There's a, a little, a little, uh, an appetizer. I think you can call that in the in the era of Kickstarter, it's uh, it's not uh, unusual for there to be like an appetizer before the actual game comes out, right? Mm-hmm. So they they had their little appetizer game, and which I guess is something they're pressured to do. It's kind of like a demo, but it's like more work. Anyway, I think that A U Den game looks real cool, even though I don't like the Octopath style of graphics so much anymore. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Sui Coden, and it is a game series that, unlike the Metroidvania circa the arrival of Bloodstained, unlike that, the Sui Coden-like RPG has actually been missing for a pretty long time from video games since mm-hmm. the PlayStation 2 era. So it is kind of exciting for there to be a new one.
4: And that Den Chronicles Rising is actually a bit of a Vania itself. Yeah, um, the it's, the, uh... the pregame so. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. I backed it right away. So
2: yeah, so it's shame that dude that dude died. That sucks.
4: Yeah, hopefully it's his mag- magnum opus, and he can go out on a on a cool. Yeah, horn. I mean,
2: I'll, I'm a big Codin fan. I have played them all, and I'll play this one as well. I really wish they could have fit eight more heroes in there. Maybe that was eight stretch goals uh, that they didn't get. Yeah, to get eight more heroes. Maybe they'll be hidden in there yeah. somewhere.
1: Yeah, I'm going to throw I mean, in one weird one that I just remembered, um, oh, yeah. which is uh, Chuck's Challenge, which is Chip's Challenge 3, written by Ch- uh, Chip's Challenge uh, author uh, Chuck Somerville. So,
2: Chuck's <laughs> Challenge, why not? I like that. <laughs> yeah. I still think the answer is is, is flat-out Lost Odyssey, though. Oh, and another
1: one that. one that came to mind, again, I'm not, I'm not recommending you play this necessarily, but Mutant Football League is uh, by Mac- Mike Menheim, who did Mutant League football.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. To switch gears from Final Fantasy, Ubisoft recently released Skull and Bones, which they infamously declared the first quadruple-A video game.
4: Yeah, I'm I'm glad Ubisoft is finally switching gears from Final Fantasy. I'm getting real tired
0: of the quadruple-A video game thing. Yeah, what I want to know is, what does a triple-B video game look like? Oh, good joke. I mean...
2: Looks like nothing. <laughs> it looks identical to a B video game. It, I, th-
4: I think we call it a we call it a double A video yeah, game. Yeah, I think
2: double A is that. Yeah, you could call a double A video game a triple B video game if you'd like.
1: I think. I mean, like, like Jaffe, this is as stupid as quadruple A because neither one of these are battery types. Right. It's true.
2: What would a quadruple A battery look like? That's the real question. Oh man, it'd be so
1: skinny. It'd be it'd be like a like a like <laughs> one of those. Do you ever know anyone who who smoked the skinny cigarettes? Oh
2: right. yeah. yeah, you know, like one it'd be like really that, family. but a battery.
1: Virginia Slims. Virginia Slims, but a battery. Yeah, probably smells like clothes. Yeah, and
2: also like the size of a Tic Tac, because yeah. it has to has to also get shorter in addition to skinnier. No, yeah, just I could one. smoke one of those. Yeah, do not smoke a battery. No, I've never smoked a Tic Tac. Can you imagine smoking a Tic Tac like a tiny joint? Can you
1: imagine that? <laughs> I can't. But this morning, I had a deep cleaning at the dentist, and I did something with a laser, and I never had that one before. Whoa! I put a laser in my mouth, and there was wow. a beep, and then smoke came out of my mouth. Oh I
2: don't really yeah! yeah I've been there. there,
1: but it's pretty cool.
2: Nice. And it smells like burned popcorn. I have,
4: I have a story about Triple A and Triple B. Triple A Triple yeah. B. This, is, this was one of my favorite little environmental storytelling things. I'm not sure if I've mentioned this on the show, but I was at a half price books in Concord, California. Oh, I
2: know that one.
4: And uh, uh you was, might not
1: know the new one. Oh uh,
2: well, I mean it's 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 in spirit the same one, yeah. right? Okay,
4: all right. Yeah. They, definitely. There's
2: there's definitely some inventory still there now mm-hmm. for sure that was there last I went seven years ago. So
4: So they have their uh their C D section. And that's where the unmoved inventory is that's where the unmoved yeah. inventory is <laughs> they're selling their CDs and so they got the rock section and you can see the thought process of the person making the the cards that indicate where each letter starts each letter of the alphabet to demark what CDs you're looking at so there was aAA all right Bbb uh, we're all we're doing well CCC C, C, everything's going great and then
2: uh oh I, I see this yeah further
4: further down the uh, the old alphabet they're like uh-oh Okay, K, 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 K. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. And then all the rest of them are four after that. Like, they meant to do it all along, but uh, it's three up until K, and then they're like, oops.
2: <laughs> I would have gone and just added an extra letter to the previous one. I
4: feel like they probably should have, but uh, since they didn't, I got to have a funny little joke time in my brain.
2: What was what would a triple K video game look like? <laughs> oh, is, it, is it Ken Levine uh, and then who else? We need three guys with K's.
4: Elon Musk. Okay. Okay. He worked on games before. It's K at the end. Yeah. It's K at the end. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: David,
0: David Cage with a David Cage with a K. David Cage put David Cage in Mortal Kombat so he could rip his spine out. Yeah, and we could spill. Like
2: oh that. my god! And they would be like, "We're making the first triple K video game," <laughs> 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 and they would just be completely, uh, <laughs> completely oblivious <laughs> to it. Oh man! <laughs> and uh, it would generate many think pieces. Yeah, and then there would be people verified on Twitter with 378 followers going, "You need to actually give it a chance."
4: <laughs> yeah,
2: It's actually the game of the year Is what they would be saying <laughs> Lord You're just jealous that you couldn't make a better video game Is what they'll be saying about it Yeah, And uh, maybe they'd be right But I'd never tell
0: <laughs> So there was a while When we had these mobile game tie-ins To major game releases Which were designed to interact with the console title In some nominal way Has anyone ever done that but good? Ooh.
1: I mean, uh, you know, David Cage is on the brain, and I just remember there yeah. being a Beyond Two Souls app that was just like, do you want a worse controller? That right. Was the oh, app. yeah. I remember
4: <laughs> one that was actually pretty fun and was unofficial, which was mm. uh, Valhalla, a.k.a. VA11Hall-A. They have like a an app in-game, and someone made uh-huh. that mm. for phones. And uh, and it just like gives you little daily updates about things and stuff, and it was very cute. So I approved of that, but it was also free, and the developers didn't make it. So I don't know. I don't know if that's right.
1: This doesn't count, but it kind of almost does. I I played Wind Waker with the the GBA attachment. Mm-hmm. App thing, the Tingle game, yeah, the Tingle game, and like am not gonna say it was good, but it was kind of fun to just mess with the player on screen with a separate app, yeah. So th- I think there's something to that, but I've not i am not seen that.
4: Yeah, I mean, if we want to go down there, the uh, I played with that Chow mm-hmm, Tamagotchi mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on the VMU quite a bit. There's no
1: reason the Chow thing shouldn't be a phone app. So oh, they Tamagotchi, yeah. yeah,
4: yeah, they they got me, for sure.
1: I don't know why this isn't a thing. Yeah. It makes so much sense to me that. There's, like, inventory management and stuff you can do when you're bored at work, right? Or, like, mm-hmm. does World of Warcraft let you, like, bid on things on an app when you're I think it playing? does, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, I, I've never played World of Warcraft, but that strikes me as a really good utility. Mm-hmm.
2: I've never played World of Warcraft as the new I've never listened to a podcast uh, for gamers. Yeah, I've never watched Family Guy. <laughs>
1: oh, I've watched some Family Guy.
2: I watched enough Family Guy to know I just I just don't like most. Exactly, comedy.
1: I watched enough Family Guy. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. More than enough.
2: I've watched more than enough Family Guy for myself. <laughs> uh, how much is that? One hundred dollars, and I'll tell you exactly how much Family Guy I've watched.
4: <laughs> you don't, You don't want to know how much Family Guy I've watched. I was uh, not de- to know. De- desperate for um, content for content at a certain point in my life, and it was there. Yeah.
2: Was it the very first page of your book? Because that's where the table of contents goes. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) It was the page after the title page. (laughs) Oh, I need content. What goes here? What were we talking about? I've got a table of content behind me. You see that? Yeah. It's my table of contents.
1: Brandon is surrounded by tables of content. That's true. I forget what we were talking about. We're
0: talking about apps Apps. that tie into console games. And if that can be good.
2: I know that, like, Destiny had an app that was supposed to, like, tell you about available stuff in the game, like what the merchants in the town were selling, what strikes and raids and uh, daily missions and such were available, etc. at a time. But I think they slowly kind of, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I I never, I I downloaded it when I was playing Destiny a lot when it first came out, but I, I, I never really looked at it, right? And I don't know where they exactly went with it, but I know that I can see any kind of an MMO-style game benefiting from something like an app. But I think at large, the more mechanics the developer dreams up that inspire the player to look at their phone, to check up on their game, I think they actually figured out that's not good for engagement, that it actually has more bad effects. Yeah, it
4: splits you into another zone. I was was about to... uh... To agree with that. The game
2: is your home job,
4: you yeah. know? Like but, if, yeah. Like, if we lived in a world where you had to go to work in an office, some people do, but a lot of people don't anymore, then it might make sense for there to be something you could passively check to, check up on. But I still think MMO or economy stuff is where it makes the most sense. Sure. You know? But anything else is is you don't really want to pull someone's attention from away from the main game into another thing unless that other thing
1: rules. <sighs> well, I think it feeds into the main game. Yeah. Like I think I think the best uh, use case would be something happens on your phone that makes you excited for five when five o'clock hits and you're going to go load up the main game because yeah. now you have this thing. I yeah. think
2: right. that's what the Destiny app did. I think okay because Destiny was very big on like daily events where you it's a. In case you're unfamiliar, uh, uh, dear listener, uh, Destiny was basically Fantasy Star Online with guns, and it was really neat. Um, and I mean, I don't know what it's like now. I know they still make it. I know it's still out there. But the original Destiny, you, you, it had missions that you could replay 100 times with your buddies, and they would install new parameters. Like, you know, you wouldn't be able to change You wouldn't get ammo for the gun you were using. You would only get ammo for different guns, right? They would in, give you different parameters, and you would redo the missions, right? And so, and then, you know, they would change up the boss, change up an encounter, and then you would see those, I guess, on your phone, theoretically, and tell your buddies, do you want to do this thing tonight? We could get a couple crafting ingredients and maybe make a new gun afterward. I think that's pretty solid. Destiny
4: was one of those games, I don't know if any of you saw anybody like this, but where And that's time. Yep.
0: Shoot. On to our lightning round. I'm playing a game that i'm calling soda jerk okay let us know when you're done <laughs> uh yeah uh nice i'm going Frank. to need all three of you for this game oh, okay. so okay please don't go anywhere this game is based on a proposal some time ago that we lightning roundify the of video games question so we're doing that right now uh today we're doing musical genres okay What is the pop punk of video games? Shoot. M-
4: my immediate reaction was the the modern Spider-Man games. Very accessible but with a an edge that some people are able to to perceive.
2: Accessible, catchy, vapid, uh, yeah. annoying voice. Is that yeah. like are all those things applicable to these Spider-Man games?
4: I don't I don't know, but that's where I'm going with it. Boys is, is like all right. For yeah, I, right, I don't yeah. think
2: anybody's particularly nasal in those games.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, I think of pop punk as like taking something. Oh, to... wait, it's Crazy Taxi. I'm
4: sorry. It's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, is right.
2: the offspring really pop punk, or are they just like repugnant sound? Like, serious <laughs> question.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, we know the answer college punk. I don't know. Whatever that
2: is. Psycho Billy. Psycho Billy.
4: Psycho Billy. Okay, I'm thinking like um, that
2: Stubbs the Zombie game or something. Some like sure, some yeah. trash that's like funny, quirky
1: horror with like old avuncular jokes. Um, yeah, it's some kind of uh, PS1 horror aesthetic thing. Yeah, there's yeah, there's
4: there's a game that I can't uh, that loaded for PS1. That guy who who did what was it like Mad Coaster or something? That that like horror practical effects guy. Who made a PS1 game Do we know what I'm talking about? No Yeah, I feel like a big dembo I think
2: any game With a serial killer Who's also a clown Who also drives An ice cream truck Is pretty Psycho Billy Oh don't
4: Are there any games That are like that? <laughs> Screaming Mad George's Paranoia Escape Is what I was thinking of But yeah Twisted hey, Metal Is a better answer probably That's it
0: Lo-Fi Lo-Fi
4: Lo-Fi
2: LSD Dream Emulator Oh alright all right. No No That's That's tacky
1: uh, Kentucky road Zero.
2: and why not?
4: Yeah, yeah. K
2: R Z, big beat. Big beat. A oh, fat boy, slim. But uh, right That's about the now, the Funk Soul Brother, check it out yeah. now. Yeah, The so Funk it's not, Soul Brother. It's, it's
4: not drum and bass, which would have been like a Wipeout or uh, or, or something Y two K. It's. Uh, have you
2: ever noticed every guy who likes the music in Wipeout has the exact same haircut? I'm just point, <laughs> just pointing that out. <laughs> and they all call it. Where we in? <laughs> Every single one of them says it's brilliant.
4: Well, it is brilliant. Uh, wipe out music. It is brilliant. <laughs> let's, let's not.
2: They're all. They all look like Jason Statham with hair. Is what they all look let's, like.
4: Let's not diminish its brilliance because it, it's... Yeah, brilliant. It's in there. Cold storage, man. Okay, big beat. <laughs> I feel like it's a like a. 2004 mascot platformer, tie the Tasmanian tiger or something. No Well,
1: for some reason, I went Ballad Wonderworld. I, I I couldn't defend that, but that's where I went.
4: Interesting, interesting. I, that I would go more musical with that. Like, um, this is a tougher one because I keep thinking of Drum and Bass instead.
2: But it's not the same god darn thing at all. No, it isn't. What's the uh, What's the Fat Boy Slim remix of Beastie Boys' body move in a video games? That's the actual answer to this question.
0: Mm, Sonic Adventure. Wait, really? I don't know.
2: No. Don't yeah, know. sorry.
1: What? what? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: Sonic Adventure 2?
1: Oh, uh, oh, oh, um, I don't care anymore. <laughs> oh, good one.
2: Uh, Has all right. anybody here not chilled with the Fat Boy Slim remix of the Beastie Boys, uh, or the Beatsy Boys, as you call them, if you're familiar with them the, on the layer, level I am? A remix of the song Body Movin'. <laughs> Have you heard this song? I've heard it. Uh, first of all, they say, let your backbone flip, but don't slip a disc. Okay. They're looking out <laughs> for my spinal health. And then they say, let your spine unwind. Just take the risk. Mm. We need body rockin', not protection.
4: Do I need to tell you my, my favorite Beastie Boys rhyme? No, what is it? I am the champ. You are the challenger. I got more rhymes than JD got Salinger.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you have one rhyme. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah, then JD's got Salinger. Uh, so right, yeah. it means, uh, you know, he's got more than more than one Salinger. It, it's a, <laughs> Salinger is a non-count noun if you're JD, I think. So. New metal. Might be right.
1: New metal.
0: Oh, uh, uh, Prince, of Prince of Persia. Persia
2: 2.
1: Yeah, whatever that yeah. one was. Not, not actually Prince of Persia 2, the second 3D one.
4: I feel like it's real. this is a hard one to choose because it's like any game between 2002 and 2007.
0: Yeah. I feel like this is another one that you could assign an ice cream truck driving clown to.
4: Certainly. A lot of new metal video games out there, but it might as well be Prince of Persia because that's funny. Yeah.
0: Bossa Nova.
2: Um, No video game has ever been as good as Bossa Nova. I think Vib Ribbon is the video game equivalent of Bossa Nova. Even though, again, the music doesn't have to have Bossa Nova music in it, by yeah. the way. No.
4: Yeah. More for the vibes. Bossa
2: Nova is samba music with uh, no percussion. In case you didn't know this.
4: It's hard for me to feel like it wouldn't be a Sega game, though. I mean, sure. Uh, sure. But which also evokes the the feeling of Bossa What's Nova. What's a pleasantly
2: flighty Sega game? I mean, so Bossa Nova is, uh, is a response to another type of music. So in other words, it's not like a foundational thing. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, it just literally means new wave. It is. It is a a concerned designed minimalism that is uh, is is brought about in response to something less minimal.
4: Would outrun be out of the question here? It kind of. I'm kind of feeling like. It.
2: Yeah, even though the music is absolutely not. Uh, it is uh, spiritually pretty close. In the spirit. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I like
0: it. Jazz Fusion.
2: Jazz Fusion. I mean, I think Outrun's more Jazz Fusion than it is Boston Nova, to be honest, Mm. which is fun to think about. Yeah. But Jazz Fusion is obviously Gran Turismo.
4: Yeah. It's the parts of the Gran Turismo that you you listen to and uh, not the parts that you have to mute your TV for. Mm.
2: Oh, well, I mean, well... First of all, in so much as Gran Turismo just has a lot of Jazz Fusion music in it, and you know, in the older days, the Japanese versions were almost entirely Jazz Fusion. A lot of the music was recorded in Polyphony Digital Studio. The idea at the time Gran Turismo 1 came out, the idea of a car game that was that serious and that enthusiast-oriented. Uh, kind of aligned with the, you know, the aesthetic interests of your typical jazz fusion ear sort of musician. Also,
4: all of those A-spec broadcasts and whatever had jazz fusion in them. And uh, mm-hmm. the, that music was associated with the racing genre in Japan for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, your Suzuka 8 Hours even, they would put a, out a jazz fusion album with it. So, yep, I, I'm on board. Uh-huh.
0: Christian rock. Christian <laughs> rock.
2: Oh no! Nice. Five Nights at Freddy's.
4: Okay, no, no, this is a <laughs> yeah. A, yeah f-
1: David Cage. I, I was I was gonna say Bioshock. I'm going uh... the like cynical copy paste direction. Okay, oh, yeah. let's do Something it. where like they someone took a successful game and just copied it and said that's what you're supposed to do, right? Let's make money um i don't understand why so, this so like is like noah's ark 3d i mean if you want to get literal but i mean just like you know a clone of a game that didn't get the original but just like superficially cloned it is what i would go with but nothing's coming to mind oh so, something there something there i don't know okay all right look that's all i'm good at with <laughs> with these questions is like coming up with the philosophical backbone of what they are not not giving you an example i'm trying to make you
0: yeah. think Oh, I'm thinking. Okay, thanks. Yeah, Frank's the vice host here.
4: (laughs) I'm having trouble getting out of Ken Levine. I
0: think Bioshock Infinite's a pretty good.
4: uh, (laughs) Yeah, was a copy paste from the guy.
0: (laughs) I I think we can call it there. Uh, Does anyone have any recommendations? It's it's
1: Ready Player One, the movie. Ready Player One, the movie, the video game. Which I'm not saying that they copied the good book. I'm saying that it's Spielberg copying his own self, but not understanding why he was good. Spielberg done did it though. Yeah. He
2: pulled it do off. Do we have any
1: recommendations? Is that the question?
2: Yeah. Check out the movie Ready Player One. It's fantastic. I'm just kidding. It's not. Don't watch it's it.
1: just, yeah, don't, don't do that. Read Ready Player Two. You really got it <laughs> together.
2: <It's equal. laughs> they really got it. Yeah. Nice. Player Two's ready. He learned a lot from the yeah. first book. See, what I didn't know about Ready Player One is they go inside the video game. What? Yeah. There's stuff going on in there. It's yeah. pretty
1: neat. Yeah. basically like, like if you loved Wreck-It Ralph, and I know you did. If you loved Wreck It Ralph and you wanted more. to
2: see real human persons, real human actors uh, reacting to pop culture with a Gundam and a Godzilla and like whatever else was in yeah, there. Yeah,
0: I mean, my one problem with back to the future is that the Delorean wasn't decked out to look like the car from Ghostbusters so I'm very glad that uh, <laughs> <Reddy> Flair flairwood <would laughs> rectifies that
4: yeah yeah you got to fix those problems my,
0: my main problem with the with the movie
2: Ghostbusters is that the city of New York doesn't get completely frozen by a ghost blizzard that was my number one problem with Ghostbusters
0: you think they held the city of New York upside down to demonstrate that uh it's solid I I really just wish they would yeah, the dairy queen joke I, oh, I, yeah I know I know
4: I didn't I thought it was a snow globe gr- joke or something I have recommendations one is uh, while we're talking about it that lady Ghostbusters movie was totally fine everybody give it another shot
14: yeah but it
4: was girls <laughs> it was girls <laughs> it was goyles it was goils.
1: <laughs> riboflavin it was goyles yeah.
2: <laughs> More like yes. Goyle's to Buster's. Listen,
1: we we yeah. established no dames allowed with that's our right. recommendation. Right,
2: that's that's the NDA.
1: <laughs> you beat me.
0: Oh no, <laughs> we signed that NDA.
4: Yeah, yeah. If if you all remember, remember back in the old days. No, uh, no. You had your music videos, mm-hmm. and in the earliest days of music videos, people made music videos because they wanted to make a music video. And they
2: wanted to do something cool. Over
4: time. Then they they had to make a music video, and then they sort of were churned out. And then you stopped having music videos almost entirely, except for super famous people. And then uh, the whole thing just kind of got rid of itself.
1: But but they still make them for some reason.
4: They make some. Some get made still. Anyway, if you remember the ones where people wanted to make one and are interested in seeing an interesting music video that someone clearly wanted to make, uh, check out Benjamin Earl Turner's Headspace Slash Bent. Uh, music video, it's really neat. It's clearly a person with an idea who then executed that idea and here it is and it's neat. It's got weird stuff in it. It's the first music video I have seen in a while where I was like, huh, I like this. Uh, it, it made me like the person who I hadn't heard of previously. It, it made me want to investigate his music further. So, uh, mission accomplished to those people. Then I have another recommendation which is... Megazone 23 had a Blu-ray that came out a while ago. Megazone 23 is a OAV anime. OAV. From the 80s. There were three movies. But it's it's neat. If you like looking at anime machinery and uh, hacking and just weird stuff, they they tried a lot of experiments in that. Some of it doesn't always work, but a lot of it does. It's pretty fun. And that Blu-ray also has like the weird alternate versions that were edited into being a macross or whatever as as bonuses so that's cool and there's commentary from folks that worked on it it's all pretty neat and another neat thing about it is in the second one this is the sort of thing that I think insert credit people might enjoy in the second movie the characters are playing pinball machines of thundercats and silverhawks and i was like is this because these animators worked on Thunderhawks and Silver uh, Thund- Thundercats and Silverhawks, and in, their, in the in their day jobs. And the answer is yes, that is yeah. that that is why. So, like they're the animation studio that was working on a bunch of that American cartoon stuff. Man, go go go! Look up, by the way, the the Thundercats intro. It's really good animation. It's true. Oh, yeah. So it, it's just kind of neat to see them kind of referencing themselves and, and their work while they're trying to do something that was experimental and, and kind of seminal in the genre and a lot of big names got their teeth in with this anime. So give it a shot. Megazone 23. That's my recommendation. Get the Blu-ray.
2: Megazone 23.
4: I guess it's technically Megazone 23, not 23. Megazone 23. Whatever. MZ23. Oh, that's why my search results weren't coming up. Okay. Yeah. That's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Frankie, got anything this week?
1: Uh, no, I mean, I'm. I, I think I already... Recommended ish this, but I'm still playing the new Prince of Persia and having a nice time. All right, yeah,
4: I hear it's pretty good. I'm gonna get around to it. Yeah, you'll like it. Yeah,
2: yeah Tim, it's probably, it's probably all right. Um, I'm gonna recommend going to do something a little different from usual. If you're a large video game publisher, it's like a big one, it's like a huge one with thousands and thousands of employees, just lay them all off tomorrow. <laughs> just get rid of them all, get it over with. Slay off everybody Riff that band I want to get down to zero employees in the game industry tomorrow <laughs> Come on Yeah, How's anybody supposed to feel rich With all these people working jobs Signed, a yacht owner
4: All they need is CEOs and shareholders Those, those are the right. two most important jobs you can have Yeah um, Don't we got AI already yeah. That's right Did you Did you see that that thing There was a A company, uh, I use the term loosely, posting about how they could you could now make AI video games based on any prompt. It'll do whatever. And then they showed all these different things, and it was just the it was the same assets uh, with different colors doing run around doing the same stuff.
2: Absolute diarrhea. Yeah, it's like it's like it. You can make video games with AI. Yeah, you can also empty out half a pot of clam chowder into a toilet. Then fill the rest of the pot with diarrhea and then spray paint it white and stir it around. You can try that,
1: right?
14: <laughs> to what end? Well, 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 if we don't stir it around, right? you'll
1: you'll get the brown bits exposed again. Well, you defeats keep, the whole you keep the spray paint. paint. You, you, spray can, paint you keep paint the, spray paint <laughs> the
2: spray paint going. Oh, okay, you keep it going. Got it. I didn't mean to And then just make sure you throw away your silicone spatula or or, or, or you hit it with a blowtorch. Paint your silicone spatula with a blowtorch afterward.
1: And also the toilet stuff. You kind of get a creme brulee thing going. In there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: sounds delicious. You can oh also do that that's uh that's a little I, I i usually don't like to give diet advice on the show but uh, that is something you can do uh, oh that is something you can
0: do I, you know you never you don't y'all don't know my food blogging skills i could do it i i need to get out of this segment right now uh if you enjoyed this episode or any episode of insert credit uh please then fill a the pot
2: with clam chowder <laughs>
0: No, I want you to rate our show, (laughs) review our show wherever you can. Usually that means iTunes or Spotify, but if you can find somewhere else to rate our show, that's fine. Uh, Just uh, it raises our visibility and lets other people know that we exist. And once people find out we exist, they love the show. It always happens. Uh, You can also support us on Patreon.com slash insert credit to pay those involved with the show, except for Tim. I want to buy a yacht. Yeah. I'm big boy one. We yeah. wanna make enough money to lay off our game developers.
1: We gotta lay off the, the whole podcast. I wanna buy so many shares of Ubisoft that they have yeah. to lay everyone off to appease me. Yeah. Blue
14: Ubisoft.
0: <laughs> if you'd like to sponsor our show with an advertisement or a personal message. Or if you're interested in a premium sponsorship, (laughs) uh, you can do that by contacting us at show at insertcredit.com.
4: No, I'm getting a yeah.
0: (laughs) You can also join our community at forums.insertcredit.com or find videos of these episodes with specially curated visuals to enhance your experience on youtube.com slash insertcreditshow. This episode is edited by Esper Quinn (laughs) with music by Kurt Feldman. I'm Alex Jaffe.
2: I'm Frank Cifaldi. I'm Tim Rogers.
4: I'm Brandon Sheffield.
0: And may the blessing of the crystal go with you.
4: Game over, here. I hope that it does. Yeah. And rival
8: Flavin, it's Goils. <laughs> <laughs>
5: OOF <laughs>